Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. There's plenty to celebrate in March and expect. Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. And we continue with our American stories. For a time, a near-mint Colt Walker held the distinction of being the most expensive gun ever sold after it was auctioned for $1.8 million in 2018. Here to tell the story of the legendary Colt Walker revolver is Logan Medish. Logan founded and runs High Caliber History, LLC, and has more than a decade of experience working for the Smithsonian Institution and the National Park Service. Let's take a listen. Two of the most iconic words in the world of gun collecting are Colt Walker. Only 1,000 of the revolvers were ever made for the U.S. military, and only 100 more were made for civilians. And of those, only about 10% survived. That scarcity has propelled this black powder percussion revolver to legendary status sporting a 9-inch barrel and tipping the scales at 4 pounds 9 ounces. This 44 caliber wheel gun was huge and designed not to ride in hip holsters, but in saddle-mounted holsters and to be used by cavalry troops on horseback. 
It was the most powerful handgun in the world for an impressive 88 years, from its introduction in 1847 until the 357 Magnum cartridge hit the scene in 1935. It also saved Samuel Colt from bankruptcy after his first commercial revolver design tanked. So what's the deal with the gun's name? Captain Samuel Hamilton Walker of the Texas Rangers began his military career at 19 with a brief stint with the Washington City Volunteers during the Creek Indian Campaign in 1836 in Alabama. He then traveled to Florida as a scout and finally ended up in Texas in 1841. He was in Galveston in 1842, serving under Captain Jesse Billingsley, fighting for the Republic of Texas against the Mexican Army. He was captured by the enemy in December 1842 and marched to Mexico City as a prisoner of war. He escaped his imprisonment and fled to Louisiana before joining the Texas Rangers in 1844 under Captain John Coffey Hayes. He was promoted to the rank of captain and led a company during the Mexican-American War. Hayes was attempting to raise a new regiment at the time, and Walker mentioned that Colt's first revolver model, Patterson, would be a good fit for this new group. He was one of the very few to use the revolver in combat, and he viewed it favorably. When Walker sent a letter to the Inspector of Contract Arms, Captain William Thornton, asking how he could go about procuring 1,000 Patterson revolvers, he learned that Colt's gun company had since gone out of business. Here's where Walker and Colt's paths cross, but not in the way that you might expect. Most accounts would have you believe that Walker initially approached Colt to discuss the shortcomings of the Patterson and how it could be improved. This is only partly true. Walker actually didn't make the first move. Colt did. And he was hoping that Walker could put him in touch with Hayes, saying in a letter, if you think sufficiently well of my arms to urge the President and Secretary of War to allow your company to thus be armed, you can get them. Of course, Colt made no mention of the dire condition of his business at the time, and he was undoubtedly hoping that a military contract would save his hide. In response to Colt's letter, Walker mentioned that, With improvements, I think this gun can be rendered the most perfect weapon in the world. This is the first time we see a relationship between Colt and Walker begin to form, and it's also the first mention of changes to the original Patterson Revolver's design. This was the start of a long, drawn-out, and complex relationship among Sam Colt, Eli Whitney Jr., Sam Walker, and countless military and government officials that played out over the next few years. When all the wrangling was through and everything was in place, Sam Colt received a contract for 1,000 revolvers in the design that would eventually be known as the Colt Walker. Today, it is one of the most legendary, sought-after, and expensive models in the gun collecting world. However, the gun almost never came to be, and by the time it was all said and done, Captain Sam Walker himself probably wished that it hadn't. The improvements included what we think of as a standard trigger and trigger guard arrangement, as the Patterson had a trigger that was housed in the frame and only descended when the hammer was cocked. The single-action revolver was quite powerful, enough to kill a man or a horse with a single shot, as requested, and more robustly built than the previous Patterson. Now, Sam Colt was one hell of a marketing genius, which helped keep things going for him in the early years. But most important, and much to the chagrin of anyone who ever did business with Colt, 
He lived a fake-it-till-you-make-it lifestyle. Colt didn't have the capital to make the 1,000 guns that the government had contracted for, so he turned to Eli Whitney Jr. of cotton gin inventing fame for help with the financial side of things. He also leaned heavily on Whitney for the actual manufacturing machinery and capabilities, since he didn't have any of those either. To ease the manufacturing burden, the contract was split into two orders of 500 guns. Once the first order was successfully delivered, the second would be approved. Almost from the beginning, Colt overpromised and underdelivered. There was always some excuse as to why certain parts weren't finished and why production was lagging behind. Walker desperately needed the batch of pistols, not only to save his own reputation, but because his regiment was heading back to Mexico imminently and they needed the revolvers. Even as production faltered, Colt was still writing to Walker, asking for help to increase the size of the contract. Walker acknowledged that he was doing all that he could, but that it was very hard to convince the military to increase an order when not a single gun had been completed and passed inspection. Try, if possible, to have me one pair complete, and I will be more certain to secure the order for a larger number, Walker pleaded with Colt. Colt replied that he was doing his very best, that he had, quote, as many as 50 men engaged to work on them, and that he was paying as high as three and four dollars a day to entice men to switch jobs and come work for him. The actual records tell the truth, and Colt was lying on both counts. When the guns did come in for military inspection, they were found lacking. The cylinders on some burst under fire and failed proofing. Others were missing the screwdrivers and powder flasks that were supposed to come with them. The mechanism that held the loading lever against the barrel was weak. It would sometimes allow the lever to pop loose under recoil, which could block the cylinder from revolving. Some people using these early models tied the lever to the barrel with a piece of rawhide or string to keep it in place. All the while, Sam Walker was left trying in vain to get a hold of the guns that would eventually bear his name so that his company of men could be outfitted with these incredibly modern firearms. In a letter written to his brother regarding the desire to capture Mexico's General Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana, Walker stated, If I had my revolving pistols, I should feel strong hopes of capturing him or killing him. Alas, Walker had no revolvers, save for a single pair that eventually were sent directly to him. On October 9, 1847, Captain Samuel Walker was killed in action in Mexico, presumably with his Colt revolvers by his side. And so, of the 1,000 military Colt Walkers made and the 100 guns produced for the civilian market, Captain Walker's personal pair of pistols are the only examples that he ever saw before he was killed in battle. Soon after, the Walker was replaced by a parade of different Colt Dragoon models, often otherwise known as the Model 1848, that endeavored to fix the predecessor's shortcomings. It didn't take long for the 1100 Colt Walkers to enter the annals of gun history. In the first half of the 20th century, when gun collecting as a whole was beginning to take shape, Colt Walkers had already established themselves as key pieces to any Western, military, or Colt collection. By the mid-20th century, the outlaw Josie Wales, starring Clint Eastwood, helped keep the allure of the gun alive for another half-century. And in 2021, Texas Governor Greg Abbott named the Colt Walker to be the official handgun of Texas. 
For a time, a near-mint Colt Walker held the distinction of being the most expensive gun ever sold after it was auctioned for $1.8 million in 2018. It's since been eclipsed by another Colt, a later single-action army model that lawman Pat Garrett reportedly used to kill the notorious outlaw Billy the Kid. That gun sold for an astonishing $6.03 million in 2021. After 175 years, the legend and the legacy of the Colt Walker revolver is still larger than life, which I think is altogether fitting for a gun named after a Texas Ranger. And a terrific job on the production and the storytelling by Greg Hengler. And a special thanks to Logan Medish. Logan founded and runs High Caliber History LLC. And what a story. The legendary Colt Walker Revolver, which was the most powerful handgun in the world from 1847 till 1935. But when the outlaw Josie Wells was made, Clint Eastwood did the rest of the marketing for Colt. Thus the spiraling prices and that $1.8 million price tag. The story of the Colt Walker Revolver, here on Our American Stories. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 